Welcome to my podcast, Leading Virtual Teams. I'm Dr. Maren Deepwell. I'm a CEO in the not-for-profit sector and a professional coach. Each week, I'll be sharing ideas and strategies for creative and fun ways to help you succeed and lead in the virtual workplace. You can find the links to the tools and resources we'll be exploring in the show notes or head over to marindeepwell.com forward slash podcast. Now, on to the episode. In this episode, I want to look back at 2022 and reflect on some of the milestones of my year. It's winter solstice day as I'm recording this, and over the past few years, this has been the day on which I write and record um, these reflections. It is really helpful for me to kind of reflect and wind down from work, kind of leaving behind what's been achieved, um, and also focus on what I want to do over my winter break, where my plan is to get away from screens and to get outdoors, walk the dogs, and really enjoy the luxury of not having a schedule. My dog Posy, who is asleep in her basket right next to me, has been my companion for much of this year. And in contrast to the previous year when she was still a puppy, um, she has been really nicely adjusting to being my work companion. And most of the items in a room that could have been chewed along the way are still fully intact. And She's become a joyful and really lovely companion for me throughout my busy days. And she's also very good at knowing the schedule of when we're going for a break, when we're going to make tea, and when it's time for her big daily walk. So we're hoping together that we can share some reflections with you in this episode. Now, when I look back at what I wrote this time last year, I'm really just staggered by how much has changed and how much has happened in the past year. Not all of it has been good. There's been definite challenges. Um, I've been unwell myself for much of this year. There's been lots of family upheaval and emergencies. Um, and there's certainly been a lot of challenges at work as well. But I think particularly when things aren't quite so smooth, it's even more important for me to take that time to take a step back, but also to really celebrate what has been going well and to say thank you for all the inspiring and supportive colleagues and collaborators and friends that have been part of my year. So I've got 10 topics that I've written about um, and I'm not going to go into all of them in huge detail, but you can have a look um, at the blog post that I linked to in the show notes as well. But I do want to pick up some of my key highlights of the past year, starting with my role as a CEO, where my organization is thriving at being nearly 30. Um, we were founded in February 1993, so in just a few weeks, we're going to be celebrating our 30th anniversary. And it's an absolute privilege to serve as the CEO of a small independent charity. Um, I love working in the not-for-profit sector. I love working in education. And this year is very special to me because for the first time since 2019, I'm able to look back at a year where we actually delivered what we set out and what we planned for at the start of the year. Um, previous few years were just completely derailed with crisis response. And while we still met a lot of our goals and achieved real miracles at work, 
it certainly wasn't a planned <laughs> planned year. So this year is particularly important to me because it shows that we are recovering and moving on um, into a more post-pandemic way of working. And we've really been able to achieve so much with our small staff team, which yeah, I'm super proud of and really grateful for. Related to that, and at number two of my sort of milestones list this year is the publication of Leading Virtual Teams, which, you know, when we closed our office doors in February 2018, I certainly hadn't seen coming. Um, but our commitment to sharing knowledge and telling the story of our experiences of becoming a virtual organization has started really on that day and continued until now and continues Um going forward. So it was a really special moment for me to celebrate the book launch and also to see kind of a personal ambition of mine to write a book and have it published um, come true. One of the things I've been doing outside of my day job is to step back into a more active role as a volunteer for the Fem EdTech Network. And um, since February, each month um, for me started really with supporting volunteer curators on social media to help curate the conversation and to kind of pass the baton on from one volunteer to the next each month. My role was very much to look at the sort of back-end processes to support these volunteers and to be available in case any issues cropped up. And it was just amazing to see how many individuals have come forward to give time and energy and also to see that conversation reinvigorated thinking about you know reflecting on our kind of collective voices um thinking about open education as a feminist space um there was a fantastic post published on the femetic open space um on a pedagogy of cake and also really part of that year for me was very much in September, a moment where some of us were able to come together at um, our annual conference and see a project from 2020, the Femme EdTech Quilt of Social Justice, in person for the first time. So absolutely a huge highlight. Now, a lot of the work that I talk about on this podcast and also a lot of my work day to day is very much focused on higher education and that is very much where the sort of research and policy um, of my work is often at. But a lot of my work this year has actually been in further education, um, which we call um, sort of 16 to 18 education here in the UK, but which also includes more vocational education and training for learners of all ages. And working in partnership with UFI VocTech Trust, I've been part of a project called Amplify FE, which now connects thousands of professionals who are working in further and vocational education, providing them with the community to share, collaborate and learn. One of the reasons why this project is really close to my heart and I think feels like a huge milestone to me is that this is a sector which is, you know, chronically underfunded, um, it's very unhelpful policy making that keeps chopping and changing and is really threatening this important sector, particularly in the times that we live in where lifelong learning and retraining are so important 
we're really um, not making the progress that I think we should be making. And one of the pieces of research we are doing, um, and indeed my colleague um, Emma is leading on, is to audit how communities of practice are changing each year in the sector, which ones are finished um, there with their task or are just disappearing, and which ones are rejoining or getting set up afresh and how this is impacting professional development and the opportunity for individual practitioners and institutions to connect with each other and to network with each other. So this is one of the areas of my work that I've been super proud of this year and it's been really interesting to see how we can make a difference by providing independent openly available data to those providers I really lack um, the support that they deserve. And unexpectedly, it has also led us to go to an international conference, the OEB Global Conference in Berlin in November, to share this work on a bigger international stage. This was the first big international conference I've been attended since the pandemic, and it felt like a wonderful milestone to be able to get back to a little bit of travel. The return of travel is something I've talked a little bit more in the blog post, but I want to really focus on other aspects of my work this year, which have been looking beyond the pandemic, even though the impact of the past few years could still be felt. And indeed, there were moments this year where there was a lot of direct impact um, that continued to be felt. Um, and one of the things I was part of was a book called Digital Learning in Higher Education, COVID-19 and Beyond, which... Um, I was really excited about being part of. Um, I was a co-author of one of the chapters on non-teaching perspectives on aspects of higher education sector impacted by COVID-19, um, together with Matt Smith from the University of Wolverhampton. And it was just really interesting to be part of an academic project, trying to articulate some responses to how the sector is changing and the impact of the pandemic. I also really appreciated being able to reconnect with folk online, collaborate and record and participate in a number of events um, that I couldn't be in and um, at in person um, or that took place online, including the OE Global Conference, where I was able to join um, a conversation with Alan Levine, which I was really um, inspired by. And also the OER Camp 22 in Germany conference, where um, I took part in a podcast hosted by Shahira Nohira. So it was not a year where everything went back to normal. Um, I don't like using that phrase, but I think it does fit the context here. But it was a, a new paradigm, um, taking part in different initiatives in different ways, some synchronous, some asynchronous, some online, some in person. So it's been interesting to see how hybrid working and hybrid conferencing has changed. Now, one of the biggest milestones of my year is being to continue coach training, um, which I started officially in January. And that's been just a complete joy for me. Um, being part of Katie Linda's higher ed coaching training was so inspiring or is so inspiring and really allowed me to connect to a community of like-minded professionals who I've learned with and from so much this year. 
my role as a CEO is super rewarding and I'm so fortunate to have been able to serve an executive position for 10 years. But over time, I've really learned that I function best in my day job if I have other priorities to juggle and if I can also keep a hands-on part of practice alongside my leadership role. So I think coaching has really felt like a very natural fit for me and helps me develop and recognize skills that I have developed over the past 10 years. And so alongside the coaching I do with organizations and teams as part of my role for ALT, um, which is specifically supporting digital transformation and strategic development, training to become a certified coach has given me an opportunity to also develop my practice of one-to-one coaching. And that has been an absolute joy for me. So to close then, um, one of my last milestones this year has really been around blogging. And I think it's been very much in the context of the ongoing kind of developments on social media, particularly around Twitter and Mastodon and reflecting on my own need to have my own domain to articulate and play with ideas and just think about the things that I'm interested in and have somewhere where I can create and say things in my own kind of space rather than having to be part of a bigger conversation all the time. And for me, that feels like a really important reflection um, to have because I've been blogging for more than 20 years. So it is clearly an important part of my practice. And I think I've struggled to find something to say in 2020 and 2021. Um, and I've really focused on my day job communication, writing reports, um, you know, writing formal communication that has sort of immediately gone out in the public domain. And now I really have come back to a more daily practice of writing, um, some public, some not, and thinking about developing my own ideas and my own thoughts in a space that feels a little bit safer, feels a little bit more protected, but is still giving me an opportunity to share my work openly and to share things um, for folk who are interested in following the work that I do. So my intention for 2023 is to blog more and to continue to use that as a tool to reflect, learn and listen which it really has been for a really long time for me now. So those are my reflections for 2022. It has been quite a year and I'm looking forward to reading and hearing about your adventures in the past year and what you're looking forward to for the new one. Thank you for listening to Leading Virtual Teams. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, you can find the links to the tools and resources we talked about in the show notes or head over to myrandeepwell.com forward slash podcast. Mm-hmm.